when fences arrive, rule our actions. We've given up being an adult and regressed to acting like a child. I can't influence people effectively by demanding that they feel sorry for me. I can only impact them if they believe that I have their best interest at heart. Building effective relationships and inspiring others to follow is the result of forgiveness and unconditional love, not whimpering and constant complaining. You know, allowing myself to be offended is the opposite of choosing to respond in love. It makes what happened to me instead of what happened to you the important consideration. People who are easily offended are people who consider themselves and what they feel more important than what anyone else is feeling or doing. When I allow myself to be offended, I'm concentrating on how something makes me feel instead of seeking to know what can be accomplished in the circumstances. You know, I'm constantly amazed at the things people choose to be offended at. Everything from principle to lifestyle to attitudes, actions, all of them seem to be acceptable reasons for being offended. It seems we live in a society of drastically insecure individuals. I really believe that if what I stand for and what I believe is based on something so flimsy that disagreement can cause me pain, I have real problems, and they're not with you. This attitude of insecurity and inability to stand up to disagreement has birthed a philosophy of alienation where we're told to only associate with positive people, to make sure that your friends inspire you and don't drain you or don't argue, just walk away. Then there's my personal favorite, sometimes you need to walk away, not to make someone else realize how worthy you are but for you to understand and acknowledge your own self-worth. My own self-worth? What is that? The only real worth is what I sow into someone else, not what I can gather for myself. If I'm constantly fleeing people who make me stretch, I will continue to be the same selfish, self-absorbed person I've always been. Why does it shock us that hurt and damaged people act like they're hurt and damaged? Why do we feel it's more appropriate to express our disgust with their behavior and instead of simply expressing our love and understanding for them in their circumstances? In our last episode, 
we discussed our reactions to offenses. This episode, we're going to examine why we get offended. You see, being offended is proof of our selfishness and self-love. There's nothing positive, justifiable, or beneficial about it. It occurs for one of at least four different reasons. The first one, you've pointed out something that I am secretly ashamed of and know is wrong. In other words, we end up being offended as a defense against our fear of being discovered. Number two, you're expecting me to live or act in a manner that requires me to give up something I refuse to yield. In other words, if I can make it appear that you're attacking me, I can justify my lifestyle as a defense against your aggression. Then there's number three, you force me to face something that I'm unwilling to admit to myself. When I find myself there, I have to find a way to deflect the truth of what you're telling me in order to protect myself from actually having to face it. And finally, number four, you're requiring me to grow, to mature, to take personal responsibility for my life and actions. You see, everyone wants privilege, but few of us want accountability. Well, let's look at them one at a time and, and see what we can discover. The first one, you've pointed out something that I'm secretly ashamed of and know is wrong. I'm always impressed by the quote attributed to Abraham Lincoln. You can fool some of the people all the time, all of the people some of the time, but you cannot fool all of the people all the time. In other words, who do you think you're kidding? There's this self-delusional mindset that somehow convinces us or me that unless someone knows about it, our personal failures and secret sins don't exist. We're convinced that if we keep them hidden, there's nobody's business but our own. We believe that in effect they, uh, they affect no one but ourselves. As a result, we carefully craft Instagram and Facebook images that represent what we want you to think we are instead of what we really are. And heaven forbid that anyone call us on our glossy misrepresentations. Unfortunately, every hidden place we embrace magnifies an image of ourselves that doesn't exist. We're lying about who we really are, and eventually the shallowness of our surface image becomes obvious to everyone around us. When another's position or words or lifestyle highlights our personal weaknesses and shame, we often defend ourselves by pretending that their example or statements are offensive. We attempt to direct unwarranted criticism at them for their audacity in order to deflect attention from us and our faults. In other words, we scream out that highlighting our shame is far worse than the fact that we are embracing shameful things. Anyone that makes us feel bad about ourselves or what I do is evil and must be destroyed. 
You see, the impulse to hide what we know is, is wrong, it, it is, is so strong that it often makes us believe that there are special circumstances that justify our actions. The desire to explain our failures due to special circumstances has become epidemic. Broken wedding vows are the result of a cold and unfeeling wife or a distant and preoccupied husband. Sloppy work ethic is the result of no appreciation for our past efforts. And even felonious behavior is the result of an uncaring and racist society or a troubled childhood. You see, nothing is our fault. And everything can be blamed on someone or something else. Because of this, if you decide to criticize me, I'll brand you as evil and declare that it is really your fault and not mine. I, I wouldn't be in the condition I'm in if it wasn't because of you. We want to blame everything and everyone but ourselves. And as a result, we're offended when anyone would dare to expose our conditions for what it is. Our special circumstances give us license to believe this shameful condition isn't our fault. Someone or something else forced us into this condition, and we can't be held responsible. This shades of gray mentality has produced a culture that doesn't know how to honor its word, take personal responsibility for its actions, or sacrifice personally in order to serve corporately. It is consumed with protecting itself instead of accomplishing something of value for someone else. In other circumstances, though, even when I'm not ashamed of what I am doing or have become, there are times that I'm offended that you expect me to change. That brings us to number two. This is when you are expecting me to live or act in a manner that requires me to give up something I refuse to yield. If I can make it appear that you are attacking me, I can justify my lifestyle as a defense against your aggression. You see, today it's popular to look for leaders that make us feel good about ourselves instead of seeking out leaders that challenge us to be the best versions of ourselves. If anyone dares to force us to face our inadequacies and weaknesses, we choose to be offended rather than be corrected. We've decided to settle for mediocrity where we feel comfortable. We prefer leaders who make promises instead of giving directions. We, we want to feel approval for being what we are instead of being challenged to be what we could be. Tom Landry, a former NFL coaching great, once said, It's my job to get men to do things they don't want to do in order for them to become what they've always wanted to be. You see, battle leaders understand that if they're going to lead effectively, they also need to be led themselves. Someone needs to be identifying their weaknesses as well if they're to become the best leaders that they can be. In other words, if I can't stop moaning about the condition I'm in and make the changes that need to be made, I'll never realize the potential of what I can be. When all I do is complain about how mean you are for expecting me to give up something I don't need in order to gain something of far greater value, 
I'll never grow beyond where I am right now. I can be offended at what you are trying to get me to do, but that accomplishes nothing of value for either of us. One day, my son informed me that since he had just turned 18, it was time for him to make his own decisions and not get permission from someone else, I, I think he meant me, for the things he wanted to do. I told him I agreed and asked him how he was going to begin this newfound journey of independence. He told me <laughs> he'd decided to join the Marines. I asked him to keep me informed on how his newly realized independence was working out. You see, everyone has a responsibility, and everyone requires accountability. Sometimes, though, I've lived a lie so long that I refuse to admit that what you're telling me is true. And that brings me to the third reason for our offenses. You force me to face something that I'm unwilling to admit to myself. I have to find a way to deflect the truth of what you're telling me in order to protect myself from having to face it. So I become offended. I love this quote by Dolly Parton. She said, I'm not offended by all the dumb blonde jokes because I know I'm not dumb. <laughs> I also know I'm not blonde. The truth is that being honest with and about yourself is one of the hardest things we have to do. But brutal honesty with myself is necessary if I want to instill trust in those around me. The truth is, though, no matter who I am convinced myself I am, everyone knows the truth. It's kind of like trying to hide the odor of cigarettes with cologne. Nobody is fooled but you. It never ceases to amaze me that the reflection I see in the mirror is dramatically different from the image I see of myself in photographs. The me in the mirror is always thinner, more attractive than what is captured through the brutal honesty of a camera lens. And neither image precisely manages, uh, matches how I picture myself in my head. I've come to the conclusion that what others see in me is likely quite different from what I choose to see in myself. I suspect, too, that the discrepancies go far beyond just my appearance. Is it possible that I have been completely, that I've not been completely honest with myself about myself? Could it be that I've been lying to myself all along? Might the issues you have with me actually be real and not a figment of your imagination? The truth is that I'm constantly faced with areas of my life and personality where I don't measure up. I've not reached that static place of perfection yet. I'm in the changing and adjusting place of growth. What may have been acceptable one, one time is no longer acceptable in this season of my life. And I'm required to acknowledge that fact and make the necessary changes. Instead of looking for others that accept me as I am, I need to be pursuing those that make me face what needs to be changed and give me help in making it happen. You see, truth doesn't care if it makes you uncomfortable. It only wants you to face the realities of what you are and envision the possibilities of what you could be.
Yet even after that, there's still a requirement for me to accept the personal responsibility for what I'm expected to be. And that brings us to the fourth reason. Number four, you're requiring me to grow, to mature, to take personal responsibility for my life and actions. You see, everybody wants privilege. We said it early, but few of us want accountability. Winston Churchill once said, the price of greatness is responsibility. Responsibility is an expectation of future performance. It's a weight of duty to produce a desired result. It's the foundation of really all growth and maturity. Those that cannot care for themselves, we call children. And they have none of the rights or authority of adults. Nevertheless, when a child wants additional privilege, we have to refuse it because of their current irresponsible nature. You see, the act of embracing and accepting responsibility is the first step towards being able to provide for yourself and the initial steps towards rights and privilege. Unfortunately, what we're facing today is a cultural phenomenon of demanded privilege without a corresponding acceptance of personal responsibility. These privileges that are so loudly demanded are not something that is owed, but something that is earned. And in conjunction with this appetite for privilege comes an equally disturbing lack of respect for those that have sacrificed to gain it. Sadly, very few realize that without the sacrifice and effort required to attain excellence, the pool of resulting resources is rapidly diminished for all. When the majority of the whole decides to demand benefit from the efforts of the few, Eventually, the few realize that their sacrifices are just being consumed by others that contribute nothing. And when that happens, they stop contributing as well. Let's face it, folks. Growing up is hard to do. Judith Martin, a journalist and etiquette expert, once wrote, The invention of the teenager was a mistake. Once you identify a period of life in which people get to stay out late but don't have to pay taxes, naturally, no one wants to live any other way. Responsibility and accountability are the primary foundations of maturation and growth. Responsibility is the task that you've been given, and accountability is what determines if you have succeeded or failed in fulfilling it. The first defines your goals and lifestyle. The second explains your circumstances and conditions. If you find your circumstances have failed to meet your goals, it is possible that you have failed to accept the personal responsibility for making them come to pass. It is necessary to understand that what you are today is the cumulative result of all the decisions you've made in the past. Being responsible is acknowledging your past poor decisions and then making sure that you make the appropriate ones in the future. So let's recap today's big points. Offenses occur for one of at least four reasons. Number one, 
You've pointed out something that I'm secretly ashamed of and know is wrong. We end up being offended as a defense against our fear of being discovered. Number two, you're expecting me to live in an, uh, or act in a manner that requires me to give up something I refuse to yield. In other words, if I can make it appear that you are attacking me, I can justify my lifestyle as a defense against your aggression. Number three, you forced me to find something that I'm unwilling to admit to myself. And as a result, I have to find a way to deflect the truth of what you're telling me in order to protect myself from having to face it. And then finally, number four, you're requiring me to grow mature and take personal responsibility for my life and actions. Everyone wants privilege, but few of us want accountability. Leadership is a privilege. Leadership is incredibly important. Leadership and knowing what it is to be able to do things effectively without being offended, without being hurt, without being whining, but doing things that produce results in other people's lives is incredibly important. If you've enjoyed this, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn by searching for Battle Leadership Podcast. I look forward to seeing you in the next installment of Battle Leadership.